in that. Don't forget, April the 22nd through the 24th, we have in our spring revival, Dr. Bradley Boone, pastor of the Concord Baptist Church just outside of Burnsville, North Carolina, be coming in, being with us, him and his family that week. It'll be a Thursday through a Saturday, and uh, then once again, it is up on Facebook. We do have an event on our Facebook page at the church. Um, if, you, if you've got Facebook, if you'll share that for us, that sure would be a blessing. Uh, help get the word out. I guarantee every one of you has got some friend uh, that somebody else doesn't have, so you help share that for us. That'll be a blessing as well, and uh, then don't forget, share the services. Brother Kenny talked a little bit this morning, uh, for those of you that wasn't here, um, if you you don't have Facebook and you want to tell somebody about it that doesn't have Facebook, uh, we, as of this morning, we are live streaming on YouTube as well. Uh, so that's another avenue you can go through. Uh, still live streaming at Sermon Audio, and we're thankful for what the Lord's allowed us to do there. Thankful for the response. Thankful for the outreach. But do share those things. It it does make a difference. We went back, me and him, we went back the other night and was looking uh, at some of the services in the past, and uh, it's a direct correlation. How many shares you get, how many people see it. So the more you share it, the more people it reaches, and uh, there's none telling what the Lord might do there. So don't forget all that, but do remember our revival. Hope you'll be praying about it. Uh, that Thursday night, the Daughters of Calvary will be singing for us. Friday night, Heaven's Touch will be singing for us. Saturday morning... Uh, uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll be having preachers called from the floor, be having a meal afterward, and Brother Caleb Collins will be singing for us that morning. Then Saturday night, you keep helping me pray. I just can't get liberty about anything. Uh, choir, you be ready to sing, if just in case, I'm going to try to get somebody, uh, but you be helping me pray, and I certainly won't get who the Lord has us to get for that Saturday night. So choir, you come ready to sing. If you sing in the church, you come ready to sing, and uh, we'll just play it by ear, all right? That'll be April the 22nd through the 24th, and uh, I want to say this just real quick. I sure am thankful uh, to be getting back in the swing of things. I'm glad that we're starting to be able to have some fellowship meals and different things. That was a blessing. Easter and last night, uh, I needed that, be able to sit around and fellowship and eat one with one another, and uh, looking forward to a good, good time of the Lord. So you remember the service this morning, remember our revival, then several, several prayer requests. I know several things going on right now, remember all the those that have been mentioned, all those special requests mentioned this morning, uh, then I've got a couple of special requests to ask you to help me pray about, if you would. Uh, remember, uh, my great aunt and her family, she passed away uh, yesterday morning. Is that right, Kim? She passed away yesterday morning, so you remember her family, if you would. And uh, then continue to remember several, several things seemed like going on. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. And was talking about uh, Kayla and Tyler Chandler's baby. He's still in the hospital, a uh, little over six months old now, never even been home, waiting on for a heart transplant. And it uh, seemed like it's just more and more things you hear going on. And uh, remember each one of those, remember all these many requests. But maybe this morning, before we pray, somebody have a special request on your heart. Amen. Amen, Michelle.
Somebody else. Somebody else this morning. All hearts free. All right. If so, ask Brother Wayne Lowe if he would. Thanks, Lord, and word of prayer. All hearts free. All right. If so, take your Bibles. Go in with the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number one this morning. Revelation chapter number one. And I just want to share my heart with you this morning. I won't be very long. And uh, I promise you won't be near as long as I was yesterday. Uh, but I just want to do my best to share my heart with you this morning. And uh, just... Couldn't get away from this today, and I uh, hope it'll be a help and encouragement unto us. Revelation chapter number 1, let's begin reading in verse number 12. When you find your places, stand with me if you can enable an honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Revelation chapter number 1, begin reading in verse number 12. The Bible said, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, being turned, uh, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle. 
His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, uh, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, uh, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth uh, went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance uh, was as the sun <coughs> shineth in his strength. When I saw him, I, I felt his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, uh, saying unto me, Fear not, I am uh, the first and the last. Uh, I am he that liveth and was dead, uh, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, uh, and have the keys of hell uh, and of death, write the things which thou hast seen, uh, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Uh, verse 20, the Bible said, the mystery of the seven stars, uh, uh, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, uh, uh, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, uh, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I sure do love you, Lord. I'm thankful, uh, uh, Lord, for the privilege, God, the honor to be back in your house. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for what you did in our hearts last night, Lord, the sweet spirit that we felt, Lord, the time of fellowship. Uh, uh, but, Lord, this is another time, Lord, this is another service. Uh, Lord, I realize this morning I have no preaching me. Uh, uh, Lord, I need a fresh touch, a fresh anointing. Uh, uh, Lord, I pray just for a little while this morning, would you clothe me in the cloak of my calling? Uh, Lord, I pray, give me unction, give me utterance, uh, uh, Lord, that only comes from you, Lord, I realize there's many, uh, uh, Lord, had under the sound of my voice burdened, uh, uh, Lord, no doubt there's many hurting this morning, uh, uh, Lord, no doubt there'd be some listening lost, undone without you, uh, Lord, I pray this morning you do that, that only you can, uh, uh, Lord, I pray you meet every need. Uh, and we'll be careful this morning give you all the praise, uh, all the honor, and all the glory, uh, uh, for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name, uh, amen, and amen, you be seated, uh, and thank you for standing this morning, now if you'll notice, uh, Verse number 18, the Bible said, I am he that liveth uh, and was dead, uh, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Uh, I'll preach just a little while this morning, if the Lord have hit me uh, uh, on this thought, he uh, uh, that liveth. Uh, uh, now, if you'll bear with me, I'm going to give you a lot of things uh, uh, by way of introduction almost, and uh, uh, then toward the end, we'll get to where I really won't get to, all right? Uh, uh, but bear with me just a moment. Now, we realize here that uh, we've come to the book of Revelation. And uh, in fact, we're literally dealing uh, uh, here in these first few chapters with the last little phase uh, uh, of the dispensation of grace or the church age. Uh, uh, the first three chapters were still uh, uh, in the same time period we are right now. Uh, uh, in fact, you'll find if you study, if you study Revelation 1, uh, uh, gives us some background ground and we see this vision uh, uh, this description if you would of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, through the eyes of John then chapter 2 uh, uh, begins with the seven churches uh, uh, in Asia Minor that's chapter 2 uh, 
at chapter 3. At the end of chapter 3, you'll find no more mention of the church throughout the entire Bible. And the reason for that this morning is chapter 4 of the book of Revelation begins of the tribulation period. The church is raptured out at the end of chapter 3, and that brings in the tribulation period. So we're literally dealing with the last few moments of the church age, which is where you and I live this morning. And it begins in chapter 1 with this description, this picture, if you would, this portrait of Christ. I believe it'd be safe to say this morning that it'd do us well to realize who he is and see him as he is this morning. And that's what John, through the revelation of Jesus Christ, is showing us. Let me make us a couple of things by way of introduction about the book of Revelation. It is the revelation, not the revelations. It's one revelation. It is one revealing that God gives to his people. It probably says above your, the title of the book probably says something similar to this in your Bible. The revelation of St. John the Divine. That's a lie this morning. That's not true. It's not the revelation of John. Watch what verse 1 of chapter 1 said. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now while it was penned by John, it is not the revelation of John. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ that was revealed to John. Isn't that right? And by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. John uh, uh, pinned down the things that he saw uh, and the things that he witnessed and the things that he heard uh, uh, but it reveals to us uh, Christ and the things uh, uh, which shall be hereafter uh, and the very first thing that he reveals uh, uh, is himself uh, uh, watch what your Bible said uh, uh, bear with me let me read a few verses to you real quick uh, uh, verse number 1 the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him uh, to show unto his servants things uh, which must shortly uh, come to pass. Uh, uh, so there's some things we've got to understand this morning. It's the revelation uh, of Jesus Christ. And this revelation, the Bible said, uh, uh, was given to Jesus by God uh, uh, for him to show us uh, uh, the things which must shortly come to pass. Now, uh, that's important this morning. Uh, uh, the Bible said must shortly come to pass. Uh, and he sent and signified it by his angel uh, unto his servant John, uh, who by record of the word of God, the testimony uh, of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written therein, for the time uh, is at hand. Uh, 
Hey, you realize what the Lord's telling us? Uh, he's letting us know that these things must shortly uh, uh, come to pass. Uh, uh, the time, John, is at hand. Uh, uh, we looked last night, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, that the time is short. Uh, uh, amen, friend. It's close to the end. Uh, uh, this thing's almost over. Uh, verse number 4, John of the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which he is and which was uh, and which is to come and from the seven spirits uh, uh, which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, uh, and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him uh, that loved us and washed us uh, uh, from our sins in his own blood. Uh, oh, I believe he's trying to give us an illustration uh, of who that he is. Uh, he's already told us that he was the one that was, and he is, uh, and he is to come. The one that loved us and washed us from our sins uh, uh, in his own blood. Verse six and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold he cometh with the clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him all kings of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so amen. Do you see John is just over and over again revealing to us who Christ is. Boy I love verse seven. Behold he cometh uh, with the clouds and every eye shall see him. Uh, that's not talking about the rapture. That's talking about the revelation. Uh, that's when he comes back to judge the nations. Uh, uh, when he comes to rapture out the church, we'll meet him in the clouds uh, and only those that are saved will see him. Uh, uh, but thank God he's coming back. Uh, and when he does, the church is coming with him. Uh, and he's going to reign for a thousand thousand years uh, in his millennial kingdom. Uh, and the Bible said they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail uh, because of him. Uh, he's coming back to judge uh, and to make war. Isn't that right? Uh, at verse number 8 the Lord begins to speak. He says I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending saith the Lord uh, which is and which was and which is to come the Almighty. Now, verse number 11. Bible said, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Let's read verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. You know what John's saying? John said, I'm just like you. I'm just your brother. I'm just your brother and companion in tribulation. I suffer just like you do. There's nothing special about me. Uh, but for whatever reason, the Lord has chosen John uh, to reveal himself to us. Uh, and the Bible said, in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ uh, was in the high that is called Patmos for the word of God uh, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit uh, on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice uh, as of a trumpet. Now, Get the picture. John's on the Isle of Patmos. He's been exiled. Uh, the Bible said, watch what he said now. Uh, because of the word of God and for the testimony uh, of Jesus Christ. John uh, has been imprisoned and exiled to the Isle of Patmos uh, because he refused to bend and refused to bow uh, and because of his stand on the word of God uh, 
And because of his testimony, uh, he's been exiled to the Isle of Patmos uh, as a punishment. Notice what he said. Uh, he said, I was in the Spirit uh, on the Lord's day. What about that? Uh, I mean, even everything going on, and John said, uh, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day uh, and heard behind me a great voice uh, as of a trumpet saying I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyresia, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Now, so what's, what's happened? Let's get the picture. I'm going to get the message. So John's on the Isle of Patmos. He's been in prison. He's been exiled for, for, his, for preaching the word of God. Perhaps he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. Joan made a statement this morning. I'm not being critical. We're going to get to it right here in just a minute. She said she got up this morning and thought, I just need a touch. Well, I understand that. I do. I understand what she's saying. But I tell you what to change your life. It's not a touch. It's a word. There's more emphasis. We'll get to it here in just a minute. The Lord did touch him here in just a little bit. But he over and over and over again, John said, I heard a voice. I heard a voice. I heard a voice. That touch will fade. Isn't that right? But I'm glad, thank God, the word of God abideth forever. They're right. That touch will go away. That feeling will go away. Uh, this morning I woke up and uh, I was picking on Kendra last night. Uh, last night we come in and I, I, I was doing my best. Kirk be all lovey dovey. And she loves to uh, go sit in the porch when it's raining and it's late. Uh, I went out there and I thought way back all them years ago uh, when we first started dating, we had a song that was supposed to be our song, you know. And I went out there and I took my phone pepper and I, I, I put it out there and I, I put that song to play it and I went there and got her by the hand and took her outside on the porch and we danced out there while the rain was coming down. Oh yes friend, you say, oh for sure not tell that. I enjoyed it too friend. Uh, Amen, she's still my sweetheart. Uh, Amen. Uh, and listen to me, but there come a time we had to let go. Uh, there come a time the boys come beating on the door uh, and said, Daddy, what are you doing? Uh, it's dark outside. Uh, don't y'all know it's raining? Uh, uh, and oh the door and he said you better come inside Palmer you're going to get sick uh, there come a time that we had to let go uh, there come a time that touch ended isn't that right is that right but you know what she said when he's walking through the door she leaned over and whispered in my ear and she said that was so sweet that was so special I sure do love you Can I, listen that touch ended but I carried that word on with me that right? Listen to me. There's so many times this morning we're looking for a touch from God. I'm glad He touched us. I'm glad He comforts us. And I thank God for what you feel. I know we're not saved all feelings, uh, but a faith without feeling is dead. Isn't that right? Uh, but feelings fade and feelings change. Uh, but the Word of God does not change. Uh, it abideth forever. The Bible said heaven and earth shall pass away, but the Word of God will abide forever this morning. Uh, we need a word this morning. The Bible said, John said he heard a voice as of a trumpet. Watch what he said. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book, sent to the seven churches in Asia. Now watch this, verse 12. Let's get in the message. The Bible said in verse 12, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. Well, that's just common sense. John's out here on the Isle of Patmos, exiled all by himself, uh, nobody around. Uh, in fact, could you say this? He probably wasn't feeling too good. Yeah. 
The Bible said that he heard a voice like a trumpet and he turned to see that voice. Watch this. You say, preacher, what are you saying? When he turned, there's some things that John saw. I want you to notice his appearance. Watch what he said. I turned to see the voice that spake of men being turned. I saw seven golden candlesticks. That's important. That's going to be real, real important right here in just a minute. The first thing God hit me. The first thing that he saw when he turned to see the Lord was him seven golden candlesticks. Isn't that right? Look with me if you would. Verse number 20 real quick. How the Bible said the mystery of the seven stars which I saw to my right hand had seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars of the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which I saw us are the seven churches. Hear me and hear me well. You cannot see the Lord without seeing His bride. Amen, friend. That's right. Anytime you find a picture of the Lord, the church will be somewhere nearby. Amen, friend. It's a part of Him. It's why He came. It's why He died. He loves the church this morning. We talked about well, I don't have time to get into all that. We talked last night about how that uh, the, the marriage is a picture between the, the is a picture of the relationship between the, the Jesus and the church. That's why, friend, uh, because the two have become one flesh. Uh, we're a part of His body this morning. Uh, we're members of the body of Christ. Uh, we've become one with Him, uh, and you can't help but see the church uh, uh, when you look at Christ. Do you realize that? Uh, that's how much he loves us. Kenny said this morning, said that we say over and over again it's all about him but when you look at him it seems like it's all about us. That's why. We're a part of him. You can't help but see the church when you look at him. Watch what he said. I saw seven golden candlesticks. Verse number 13. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. Now we're talking about his appearance. Notice with me his presence. John said, I turned to see the voice and saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the candlesticks, I one likened to the Son of Man. You said, Preacher, what are you saying? My soul, what a picture. In the midst of the church. That's what the Bible said. Those seven golden candlesticks were the seven churches. Those seven churches of Asia Minor. While they were literal churches, they also picture the church ages. From the first beginning of the church age. To see in church that last church age, uh, that last division of the church age. Uh, it's a picture of the progression of the church, uh, and right in the midst of all of it, uh, there was Jesus. Uh, uh, can I say this this morning? Uh, I'm that He's right in the midst of the church. Uh, in these days, uh, He dwells in the midst of the church. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, it was in the tabernacle that the men uh, could meet the Lord the Lord meet with men. But now in these last days, because He's in us and we're in Him, He dwells and works through the local church this morning. The Bible's in the midst of the candlesticks. That's the church. That's not my opinion. That's not something I've made up. That's what the Bible said. The seven candlesticks are the seven churches. And right in the midst of the churches, that's where you'll find the Lord. Is that right? I've had people say, well, preacher, you don't have to get, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. You're right. That's getting quiet, but you're right. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. 
Tell me, Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We told that thief. Wonder when they took him down off the cross and took him to church. Yes, right. right. Let me just say this. Wonder when they took him down off the cross and baptized him. Yeah. Right. Tell you what you've got to do to go to heaven. You've got to be saved by the grace of God. That's what it takes to go to heaven. That's just it. You don't have to go to church. But I'll tell you this. You won't be in the presence and fellowship with God. He dwells with the church. In these days, he chooses to work through the local church. Now, I don't mean he needs us because he doesn't. But he chooses, Ronald, to use the local church uh, to work through and dwell with his people. Isn't that right? Now, I understand you feel the presence of God at home. I understand, I understand he dwells within us. And I'm not just talking about the local church. We're a part of the church. We are the church. But I'm afraid we've talked so much about being the church uh, that we've given people the idea they don't have to go to church. Uh, and he chooses to work through the local church this morning. We see his presence. He dwells in the midst of the church. Then we see his purity. Watch verse 14. The Bible said, His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. White in Scripture is always a picture and a type of purity and righteousness. We've talked about that through the tabernacle. What a truth this morning. Now, John, now listen to me. Last time John seen him, he, he, he dwelt with him on earth. Uh, during his earthly ministry, John laid his head on his bosom many a times. Uh, uh, John the Beloved is what the other disciples called him uh, uh, because he had such a love for Christ. Uh, he saw him on the earth. Uh, he saw him on the disciple John. That saw him when he was crucified. Remember Jesus said, Woman, behold thy son. Uh, uh, son, behold thy mother. Uh, he entrusted his own mother to John uh, after his ascension. John John cared for Mary until her death. He saw him when he died. He saw him after he's resurrected. He saw him ascending to heaven. And John said, now I've seen him again. At the book of Revelation, John's an old man. He's just about ready to die. And he said, I saw him. And his head was white as wool. As white as snow. And you know what he's saying? He's still pure. John could say when he lived his life on earth he was sinless when he died at Calvary he was sinless when he rose from the grave he was sinless when he ascended into heaven he was sinless and John said let me just stop just a minute and say he's still sinless he's still pure his head is as white as snow he's pure he's sinless this morning we see his purity that white also Speaks of wisdom and of knowledge. You think about it, I'm not being ugly. There's some of you this morning uh, that you, you get a little, you, you, there's some snow on the roof this morning. That's not a bad thing. That means you've lived your life. That means you have experiences and wisdom that the rest of us may not have in their hand. Yeah, yeah. Let me say this. You reckon John might have been saying he knows what we're going through. You reckon he might have been telling us that he, 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 he understands that he's, uh, I, I, I believe the Bible teaches a principle that the Lord is all-knowing. How often do we forget that? But John said his head, his head was as white as snow. He's pure. He's wise. He's all-knowing. 
That does my heart good. It's easy to forget sometimes. You ever felt like nobody knows what you're going through? Nobody understands. Nobody can comprehend. Uh, these things, let's just be honest, these things happen in our lives that we feel like we can't tell anybody. Be ashamed to tell somebody. Wouldn't want anybody to know what's going on. Uh, and it feels like you're all alone in those things. Uh, but I'm glad this one of the Lord's all knowing. Uh, the Bible said that he's, uh, that he's tempted as we are in all points. Uh, he knows this morning. Uh, he knows your need. He knows your desire. He knows this morning. We see his purity. Verse 14. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Notice his power. Now get the picture. Right in the middle of the church. Bible said his head was white as wool, white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Can you imagine the power? I, I wish I could think of what that fellow's name was. as an old preacher. I never met him. He died before I was ever born, I reckon. But I've heard stories about this man preaching. They said while he preached, it literally looked like a fire dancing in his eyes. I mean, this little man, little stature, uh, wasn't nothing, wasn't nothing impressive about him. But said when he preached, the power of God be so strong, it looked like his fire dancing in his eyes. Uh, can you imagine the power? Uh, I mean, listen, here he is standing in the midst of the church. Uh, John sees him with those seven candlesticks around about him. Uh, and the Bible said he's right in the midst. Uh, his head is white as snow. Uh, uh, signifying his purity. Uh, uh, signifying his wisdom and his knowledge. Uh, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Uh, uh, friend, I've got good news. Uh, he's not a baby wrapped in a manger this evening. Uh, he, he, man, friend, that's right. Uh, he's not hanging on a, on a cross. Uh, he's not a body in the grave. Uh, uh, but he is our almighty God. Uh, he's not manifesting himself in flesh next time. Uh, uh, but he's coming back as the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords uh, in all power this morning. John said he saw his power. Not only that, notice this. Notice his purpose. Watch verse 15. And his feet like on the fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. You say, preacher, what do you mean? What do you mean by his purpose? The Bible said his feet like on the fine brass. Brass in your Bible. We talked about it some during the tabernacle. Remember, we talked about uh, that brass is always symbolic of judgment. The Bible said his feet were fine brass, as if they'd been burned in a furnace. You don't have to agree with me. Remember over in the book of Daniel, when we was looking at prophecy, remember when, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was cast into the fiery furnace, the Bible said that Nebuchadnezzar stood up and said, Lord, not we cast three men bound. He said, Lord, I see four men loose. And the fourth is likened to the Son of Man. Remember that? I wonder if maybe his feet ain't been in the furnace sometime. Is that right? Tell what the Bible said. Like as though it had been burned in a furnace. Now listen to me. Brass speaks of judgment. His purpose this morning. He's coming back. When he comes back, it's not going to be to be born of a virgin. It's not going to be to die on a cross. It's not going to be to pay a sin debt that's already been done. When he comes back, He's coming back to judge and to make war. And Isaiah said, when he'd come back, his garments would be stained red and he'd stomp out the winepress in his fury. Is that right? The idea is this. 
I've heard men sure to take that and try to preach it. Them garments dyed red. I've heard them try to preach that as at Calvary. That's not the context. That's not the context. What they do, they take a, they take those grapes. They'd have a great old big vat. They'd put those grapes inside that vat. Be a hole drilled at the bottom for the juice to run out. What they'd do, they'd fill that up. And th- those men would take and climb up in that vat. Their garments dripping, hanging down. And they'd take their feet and begin to stomp the wine press. And they'd stomp those grapes. And as they'd stomp, those grapes would, those grapes would burst. And their garments would be dyed red as they stomped out. That right? Bible said he'd stomp out the wine press in his fury. He's coming back to judge and stomp out the nations. That right? Remember over in Daniel, we looked at it several weeks ago, that vision Nebuchadnezzar had, those feet and those, the feet of clay and uh, of iron and clay and the legs of iron, the belly of brass, and the head, head, shoulder and uh, chest and arms of silver and the head of gold. And we talked about all that. Then the Bible said that uh, all of a sudden there's a rock uh, not cut out with hands that rolled down a mountain uh, and smote that image, all those Gentile nations. That's what's coming when he comes back. He's going to smite the nations and break them asunder. Stomp out the wine press in his fury and in his wrath. Uh, he's coming back to judge uh, the Gentile nations. Isn't that right? Yeah. That's right. He's not coming back in mercy. He's not coming back uh, in grace. He's coming back in judgment. Watch verse 16. Notice his person. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. I want you to notice what the Bible said about his person. In his right hand, seven stars. Now, I'd like to get into that, but I don't have time. But there's a lot of preaching there. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. That's talking about the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 said the Word of God's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Isn't that right? It's talking about the Word of God proceedeth. Out of his mouth, John 1, the Bible said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, he is the word of God, speaking the word of God. Isn't that right? Out of his mouth, we're going to sharp two-edged sword. Watch this, Revelation 19, talks about him coming back. Out of his mouth proceedeth the sword. Uh, the wherewith he'll smite the nations. Uh, he focuses on the word of God this morning. Out of his mouth, one sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Remember Matthew 17? Bible said, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John into a high mountain apart, and there was transfigured before him. Bible said his face did shine as the sun. He'd give him a glimpse of what he looks like right now. Is that right? Bible said, watch what he said. Bible said that his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. No wonder there'll be no sun in New Jerusalem. Bible said the Son of God will be the light thereof. Isn't that right? Just his person, just being who he is, he shines like the sun in his strength. My soul, what a picture of who he is. Not only do we see, not only this morning do we see his appearance, notice with me his assurance. Now John seen all this, verse 17, the Bible said, when I saw him, I felt his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. That makes sense, doesn't it? John sees all that. 
Bible said he felt his fate as dead. No wonder. Listen to me this morning. If we could ever see him for who he is, it'd change our life. If we could ever really see him for who he is, it'd change our life. Bible said John felt his feet as dead. Watch what he said. God, hit me. Here's that touch. Watch this. When I saw him feel his feet as dead, he laid his right hand upon me. That right hand in Scripture, always a picture of power and authority. Right hand. Dominant hand most of the time. It's a picture of power and authority. It's a picture of strength. And he said he laid his right hand upon me. Now you believe whatever you want to. I don't much know that was the assurance John needed. Can you imagine seeing his eyes like a flame of fire? Realizing he's coming back in judgment. Seeing him for who he was. And all of a sudden that that hand uh, that holds the world together. uh, Being laid on your shoulder. I don't know if that brought me much assurance or not. But watch what he did. With the power, he said, fear not. Is that right? Oh, my. I talked to a preacher one time, young preacher, just had started preaching. His pastor called me one day, and he said, he he told me, he was about my age, the pastor was. He called me, and he said, I got a young preacher in the church. And he said, preacher, I don't know what to do with him. He said, I've done everything I can do to help him. Done everything I can do to, I've done everything I can do to be an encouragement to him. He said, there's just something he's just not getting. Would you sit down and talk to him? And I said, sure. Tell him to meet me such a place. Well, I got talking to him. We was talking about preaching. And I said, oh, there's nothing. That, I mean, I was just talking to him, just getting on conversation. I said, there's nothing. Like that moment. Sometimes it's before you get there. Sometimes it's when your Bible opens. Sometimes it's when you start reading. Sometimes it's halfway through the message. But there's nothing like that moment that you feel that pull. I don't know how to explain it. I wish I could explain it to you. I wish you could understand it. When you feel that pull from heaven, there's nothing like it. And he looked at me and he said, Preacher, that's what scares me. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it terrifies me when I feel that. It's intimidating. It scares the life out of me. Took him over to Revelation 1. And I said, when God puts his hand on a man, he'll always speak peace. Is that right? Laid the hand of authority. Laid the hand of power. But with that, he said, fear not. It is I. What about that? You reckon John never heard that voice before? The very one he'd laid on his bosom. Wonder how many times John caught it. Wonder how many times John had heard that voice whisper in his ear. Wonder how many times he'd heard that voice speak. And now he said, hey, John finally sees him for who he is. John feels the power. He feels the touch. He feels the pull. But with that, the Lord says, fear not. Isn't that right? He assured him. I'm glad this morning, listen to me. These times in life, watch what he said. Fear not. I, watch this land from the land of the man. Fear not. I am the first and the last. He reminded him. He already knew it. He reminded him. He'd already laid on his bosom. And he assured him that everything was going to be all right. Isn't that right? Oh, my. You know what we need in these last days? We have a picture of who he is. We need to see his appearance. 
But we need some assurance. We need to have, if there's ever been a time we need the power of God, it's the day and age in which we live. If there's ever been a time we need a word from God, it's the day and age in which we live. Listen to me. Last night I did my very best not to give you, not to give you my opinion, not to give you what I thought would work, not to give you what I thought would happen, be good for your marriage. I did my very best, John, to just give you what the Bible said about marriage. You know why? Because it's true. Listen, people don't need to know your opinion. Nobody cares. I'm not, don't, 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 don't get mad at me. Nobody cares what your opinion is. Nobody cares what my, they need something that's true. That's what people desperately, desperately need. Something that's true. I watched something the other day. Vote for whoever you want to. I'm not trying to be political. But I watched something the other day. Somebody shared it on Facebook or something. And they was going to all, they, was going, they went to Republicans and went to Democrats both. And they asked them, this is what they asked. They asked, uh, one lady uh, was African American. She went and they, she asked them, said, how is your life, how is your life improved? When Obama was president. And she said to be honest. Other than being able to say we had a black president. And being happy that things had progressed to the point we had a black president. My life didn't change at all. Is that right? She said everything they said they was going to do really didn't happen. Now, now I'm not saying that. That's what she said. That a black Democrat. That's what she said. Now let's be honest. And went and talked to some Republicans. So how, how was your life impacted when this was in and that one was in and that one was in? And honestly, if they'd been real honest, they'd say, other than just a few minor things, really didn't change much. That right? It really was. It wasn't just all of a sudden things got so, so much better. They said everything they said didn't seem like they delivered on all of it. You know what people want? They just want something that's true. They just want something they bank on. They just want something to put their faith in. We've got that this morning. God help us. We need a word. And we need a touch. Need a power. I'm not talking about this morning just a, a feeling. I'm talking about having the power of God. You want your marriage to work, you better have some power. Amen. For you want to raise your youngins right, you better have the power of God. It takes it this morning. It takes His ability, His power. It's not in us. We don't have the power nor the ability. I'm glad though when He lays His hand on somebody. He'll always speak peace. We see his assurance. Now I want you to know his achievement. I'm done. Verse 18. One little verse, but there's so much in it. Watch what he's saying. Verse 18. Ah, he's speaking to John. He touched him. Now he's giving him a word. Watch this. He said, fear not. I'm the first and the last. Verse 18. I am he that liveth. You know what that means? Presently. Right now, I am right now, he that liveth. That T-H on the end, that means right now. Presently, he lives. I want you to notice, if you would, this morning, his achievement. We've seen his appearance. We've seen, we, we've seen his appearance. We've seen this morning uh, 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 his his appearance with his assurance, let's notice his achievement. Presently, he's I am he that liveth. But then he says something about the past. Nobody else ever made this statement. Well, there, had, there could be somebody making this statement, actually. He said, I am he that liveth right now and was dead. What about that? He said, right now I live 
But there was a time that I was dead. That right? My, my, what an achievement. There's very few people could ever said that. All right? There's more than one, but it's a small list that could have said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. There's a present, there's a past, but then there's a prophetical statement. He said, and live forevermore. Only one could say that. That right? He said, I'm he that liveth and was dead and am alive forevermore. My soul, what a statement. We see his present, we see his past, we see a prophetical statement. Then I want you to notice his possession. The Bible said, and have the keys of death and of hell. What about that? What about that? Mm. You say, preacher, how in the world are we going to make it in these last days? Get a glimpse of who he is. Is that right? See him for who he is. Get that. Get that assurance. Get the hand of God on your life. Feel the power. Feel the touch. Get that word you'd hold on. Then realize his achievement. He said, I am he that liveth, was dead, am alive forevermore, have the keys of death and of hell. My soul, you talk about an assurance. Is that right? Well, I'm going to change my statement just a little bit. Do you realize that more than one could have made that statement, I guess, in some ways? But when he put that in there about have the keys of death and hell, that signifies just one. You realize you and I is going to live forever? We could say that this morning. With all, I could say this morning that I'll be alive forevermore. That's true. This body will die. But what makes me who I am will live forever. Isn't that right? I was dead in trespassing sins. But now I've been quickened. Isn't that right? I am alive. I was dead. And I'll live forever. Preacher, how come you can say that? Because he holds the keys of death and hell. My soul. So preacher, how are we going to make it in these days? Because of his achievement. It's not anything you and I did. Not anything that we brought on ourselves. Not anything that you and I can do. But he did it all, isn't that right? My, my, let's stand to our feet this morning.